right, episode 14 of the ICU Gamer podcast with your host, The Major. Uh, no Tony this week. Uh, it is monsoon season in Sri Lanka and he's currently under his third lockdown. So unfortunately, he's not going to be able to join us this week because he's got no internet and he can't go anywhere. But I am, of course, joined here by Bart Simpson. It's Callum. I am just speechless. I am just speechless. <laughs> Eat my short. <laughs> I have to come up. I was going to say Ren and Stimpy, but Tony's not here this week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, but this Simpson? is the podcast. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's the sing- it's the uh, single character that I couldn't think of, and just Bart Simpson kept coming to me. So uh, <laughs> this is the podcast where we scour the web to bring you all the gaming news of this past week. Uh, website is unfortunately still down. Uh, there is a reason for that. We have paid for the site certificate, um, and we have figured out the issue of what was going on. Uh, fortunately, though, GoDaddy, who is our supplier who manages our servers, uh, we do own them, but they're in the uh, GoDaddy server farm in, in America. Um, they've decided that they're going to charge us double to try and get the website back online. So we are transferring all the data over to another server uh, farm. Uh, that will be is being done today and should be, when this pod goes live, the website is back up. Uh, so hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, you'll be able to click back onto icugamer.com. Uh, we, I will be uploading all of the news for the last week, and there is over 200 articles I have to print tomorrow. So if you're trying to get in contact with me, unfortunately not going to be able to because I will be very busy. Um, but you can send us a message and follow us on Twitter at icugamer. Facebook and Instagram at ICU Gamer Official. Uh, thank you, everybody, that's stayed with us over this last week. I know we've been posting absolutely nothing. I did do a midweek podcast halfway through. Um, unfortunately, there's other stuff I have to do because we are developing a game. Uh, we are planning an event for next July, which will now be held in Milton Keynes. Uh, and there was a few other bits that we're doing on the side as well. Uh, I've still got to write the storyboard for the game yet. Uh, we have worked out all the characters. We've come up with a theme song. Uh, and our other studio who's working with us in Orlando, Florida, is uh, also doing the artwork so we can start pitching and getting the game up on Kickstarter and to publishers. Uh, so that is a lot of work, and unfortunately I'm a short-staffed. Callum is still doing his degree. How is that going, by the way? Because I know you had some issues last week. <laughs> it's never-ending issues. Never-ending issues, oh, let's I'm, just say that's that. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm hoping this is getting sorted, because we we need you over here, and obviously you want your degree, and I want you to have your degree, so fingers crossed it works <laughs> out. Um, but I'm going to ask you a, a quick question. What is your best feature? What do you mean my best feature? What do you mean your best? Your best physical feature, for my... For my for me, it's my incredible tushy. <laughs> I'd say it'd be my incredible jawline. It's quite square. Pronounced. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think Capcom thinks Ethan Winter's best feature is his hands. That's why they keep destroying them. Uh, so, Ethan, <laughs> you guys have probably seen this now. Resident Evil Village. Uh, somebody had a look back at what they've done in Resident Evil 7. <laughs> uh, Ethan, we're in a village. You've probably all seen this already. Resident Evil Village, uh, which is Resident Evil 8, isn't it? Yes. Uh, so, Resident Evil 7, uh, Ethan Winters seems to get his hands destroyed a lot. 
<laughs> I actually want this chem fluid that he's using because if this can replace his hands, this is fucking amazing stuff. Uh, so he has a rough life. Um, it's called the Kotaku. Uh, what with all the dangerous monsters trying to kill him, and your, his hands seem to be the main target, uh, including one in um, a Resident Evil 8. He gets his hand bitten off by a werewolf. He gets his hand cut off. Uh, it's it's really really gross. I have watched the I have watched and played done all the walkthroughs for Resident Evil Village, and it's really gross. Uh, I really want to play this game now, but unfortunately I've been stuck doing other things. Uh, yeah. One of the first things that happens when you reach the village is your hand is chomped on by a werewolf, uh, <laughs> and you lose two fingers. So much been being able to have some alone time. Uh, it's sort of downhill from there for Ethan's poor hands. Uh, he has to be able to wrap his hands, and of course he gets a uh, uh, he gets chem fluid and he can repair his hands. He also smells an infection. Uh, later on, Ethan's hands are locked up in handcuffs, and he has to, he doesn't try to reach up and pull the hook out of his hand. He tears it off the hook, which is bloody disgusting. Uh, he then after he tries to escape, you get caught again, and he gets his hand cut off. Uh, he rips his palms off the hook from those big hooks. Uh, it's and how much torture? I mean, this came from Resident Evil Seven as well. You get stabbed, sliced, you get fingers cut off, you get. You reckoned after cutting his hands off so many times, it'd be like, you know something? I don't think this is working. I don't think this is effective enough. I think we need to cut something else off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm hoping right that someone makes a mod down the line for Deadpool hands so they grow back like babies, because that would be awesome. If someone can make a mod for that, <laughs> please, please send that to me. Uh, he's already gone through so much. This comes back from Resident Evil 7 as well, because they did the same thing. What issue do you think is Capcom's issue with hands? Well, I, I just reckon they're sick of seeing them. Like, come on, let's face it. They see hands every day. They go into the workplace. They have to look at their hand. They have to look at their work <laughs> partner's hands. Why knows? are they staring at each other's hands? Well, <laughs> that's, that's a weird thing to say, man. <laughs> To keep it PG, to keep it for the kids, let's just say that when you look at someone's hands, you go, I wish I had those hands. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say Resident Evil should be PG? No, no, no. I just said just to keep it PG for the kids, you know, who are listening to the podcast. Uh, yeah. So. Well, uh, talking about <laughs> uh, US retailers indicated their intention to stop selling Pokemon trading cards citing concerns over the safety of staff and customers. Uh, there is jokes to be made about this, but I'm not going to make them. Uh, star- Target stores across America will stop selling Pokemon cards from May 14th, according to the store signage po- pictured by customers this week. Uh, this came from Warner Brothers Games director Alan Johnson shared a photo from his local Target store on Twitter, showing a sign announcing the decision. And it's showing other Twitter users post- posting the same thing. Uh, twi- the sign reads... Okay. To ensure the safety of guests and staff, effective for May 14th, MLB, NFL, NBA and Pokemon trading cards will no longer be sold in stores until further notice. What danger can you get from a Pokemon card? Uh... It's kind of... I mean, I know it's Walmart and stuff happens in Walmart, which could be considered quite dangerous. Uh, has some guy from the factory laced it with something or something so that when the kids lick the Pokemon card, they become like, you know, the frog from Charmer. Futurama, you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you seen Futurama, that frog that, you know, gets you, gives you seizures and stuff? I wonder if that's what's going on here. Uh, speaking of Bart Simpson, that's from a Bart Simpson episode as well. He licks frogs. 
Right, it is. Yeah, Japanese TV show as well, where they see uh, he's watching a cartoon. I think it's in Brazil, and it gives you, or is it Brazil? Might be Japan, where it gives you uh, seizures from watching it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so <laughs> staff at Walmart say the trading card categories have been removed from the sales floor, and sales of these items have been suspended due to inappropriate behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> swipe it in your butt crack uh, and increase demand please do not stop these items until further discretion or direction I should say from management has been given discretion quite appropriate although it hasn't been yet confirmed where the Walmart's decision is nationwide the target one is uh, thankfully we don't have a target over here uh, the company gave an official statement to bleeding call confirming news and they said the safety of guests and our team is our top priority out in abundance of caution, we decided to temporarily suspend the sale of Pokemon trading cards within our stores, effective May 14th. You can still buy them online, though, at Target.com. Uh, and also an internal document shared online shed further light on the situation. That cards already been shipped will arrive in stores, but can't be put on shelves and must be stored in a secure location with camera footage. No more cards to be shipped in stores after this. Uh, this also confirms that other card series, including NHL, NASCAR, UFC, and Magic, will still be available. And Target Decision follows a series of incidents in North America. Uh, okay, uh, four men approached a man in Target parking lot in Wisconsin, confronted him about sports cards, causing the man to draw his gun. What the heck is going on? These are just kids trading Ralph, cards, man. Four men approached somebody in a parking lot. Or a car park, if you're in the UK, in Wisconsin Target store, and help, and the guy held them up at gunpoint. Uh, earlier, this McDonald's stores in the US had to place restrictions on Happy Meal sales after they were targeted by scalpers uh, for the 25th anniversary. And according to social media reports, some collectors were even buying the Happy Meals in mass numbers in the hopes of obtaining the new cards and then throwing out the food. Uh, UK will be still selling the cards from next week, although sales will be restricted in an attempt to stop the same situation, which is probably going to be one pack, one Happy Meal per, per, per customer. Um, also, speaking of Capcom, uh, Capcom's in a bit of legal trouble. It seems to be a, a permanent thing within the game industry this week. Mm. Uh, so filmmaker has accused Capcom of stealing Resident Evil Village monster design. Oh, lordy. Lordy, lordy, lord. So... The filmmaker, which film is this? Is are they trying to say uh, again? It's a 2013 film. Uh, it's pointed by Rap Frankenstein's uh, Frank Army. Frankenstein's Army. That's the one. Yeah. Oh wow, that is very similar. Uh, no, that is that is very similar to some degree. They've both got turbines as heads. Um, I think I've, I swear I've seen this design somewhere before. I have too. I swear. I don't think it's from Frankenstein's Army though, because I've never heard of that film. I mean, either. Where have I seen this before? I'm pretty sure it was in a game before, just like in a more it cartoon. It looks fashion. a little bit Bioshocky, you know what I mean? Oh, I do. Ah, no, it wasn't in Bioshock. That's for sure. Because if it was, then wouldn't Bioshock be suing them? Possibly. Wait, wait, who makes Bioshock again? Uh, um, I want to say Bethesda or Bioware. Uh, I think it's Bethesda. I think it's Bethesda too, but let's check, let's check. Oh, no, 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 it's 2K. 2K games. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't yeah, know why 2K I said Bethesda. Yeah, 2K was definitely... 2K Interactives and 2K... Well, actually, the actual developers are 2K games. So, mm. they would definitely sue Capcom. Come on, let's face it. Yeah. Any any chance to make some money, they'd definitely take it. Uh, but the monster in question is called Sturm, who appears halfway through Village's story with a giant propeller attached to its torso. Uh, as pointed out by Raphurst, well, Raphorst, uh, the Resident Evil boss is visually similar to Creature featured in Frankenstein's Army, a film in which so- sees Soviet troops invading Germany, encountering undead mechanical soldiers created by a man scientist. In the movie, the propeller monster is set on fire, much how you do to the boss in the Resident Evil game. Uh, I'm looking at these pictures. They are quite similar. I can see the comparison. But video games seem to get away with this a lot because it's a different medium. So it depends on what the copyright or the or the trademark is for that character. If he's trademarked it, he's in a bit of legal trouble. Well, it depends, actually, because whether or not the character has been trademarked in a movie environment or in a games environment. Yeah, because well. you have to make it specific when you're writing out a trademark, whether it's going to be movie or game. Exactly. Exactly, and it's not like they've actually decided to go ahead and make a game to feature that character, so I guess Capcom's fair game. Yeah. Like, if they made a game for Frankenstein's Army, I'd probably play it. It looks cool by the look of it. You know, some guy on fire, you know, with a propeller, you know, that's pretty cool. I mean, that, that, is a, that is a cool premise for a game. You count the Nazi soldiers who are now mechanical. Yeah. So, Frankenstein's Army, I like that, man. I like it. Mm. Well, I'm actually going to I might have to now. watch this film. We might have, I don't know whether I'll ever do a watch along, but it does actually look like it does look very, very similar. I've got to say, um, they, he stated it's a crazy monster film featured with my own creature designs, one of which has been been used uh, completely without authorization or credit in the newest Resident Evil game. Uh, Rat Paws finished his post by including a set of comparisons showing the Resident Evil army creature and Resident Evil villages Sturm along with hashtags including plagiarism and copyright. Uh, unfortunately, copyright for movies, unless they're actually copying, like, the film, mm. like, directly, using a design in another medium, I don't think this is going to win. Um, yeah. I mean, there there is instances where developers have used, like, assets from other movies for to put in their game and they've got away with it because there is it's copyright is very very difficult especially when capcom is japanese aren't they uh yeah yeah Capcom. yeah, is yeah so it's completely different one is a completely different country so the laws are going to be different copyright doesn't really trade over overseas because it'll be a completely different legal system and secondly uh the if he trademarked the design then he might have some legal later to stand on. If he's got copyright and he hasn't, or they or they have changed certain parts of the details. For example, if you look at it, it's attached to, in Resident Evil, it's attached to the guy's head. Mm. In Frankenstein's army, it's attached to his torso. Yeah. So but it still looks very similar. Resident Evil with a propeller on top. But in the movie, it's attached like to his shoulders, so they're not exactly the same. So copyright-wise, I don't think he'll win. There's different, there's there's similarities, but they're different. So it could they could call it free fair use, they could call it 
I, I don't know whether they'll be able to use the argument of parody, but mm. there is. I don't know if they'd actually win it. But um, as one noted by one Twitter user, uh, there were several other monster designs featured in Resident Evil Village that resemble creatures featured in Resident's in Frankenstein's army, I can't talk today. On Monday's rap horse replied to the Twitter thread stating, Oh dude, this is worse than I thought. First I felt angry, then proud, but now I see this, I feel sad. And there is very, very similar uh, designs between the two, and you can see the similarities. Uh so Video Game Chronicles requested comment from Capcom on, on uh Rap Horse accusations. And Resident Evil Village enjoyed a strong debut on PC comfortably splash, smashing the series record for concurrent players on Steam. Uh, the Capcom title debut with a peak concurrent player count on Steam of 101,726, uh, which is significantly higher than Resident Evil 2's 74,000 and Resident Evil 7's 18,000, according to the Steam charts. Uh, Capcom has said its village will become the franchise's best-selling entry, mm. following strong sales of the game's last numbered entry of 8.5 million, which is its number one title. And the Capcom's EMA marketing director, Antoine Molant, said our main ambition for this year, although there's no, no so much going on at the same time, is to make sure Resident Evil Village will be the best-performing Resident Evil title, both in terms of quality as well as business. Uh, I haven't played Resident Evil yet. Have you? Have you managed to get your hands on Resident Evil Village? Because I'm, I really no, want to. No, uh, like money is an issue at the moment for me. Yes, it is. It is all of my money at the moment has gone into Buzzsaw Games, which is our development studio. Yeah, well, what I want to touch upon about this article though is if you notice, forty nine percent of the sales are on the PlayStation Five, yeah. and yet thirty one percent is on the PS Four and twenty percent on Xbox, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that 20% is like Xbox One, Xbox Series X. Everyone thought that the Xbox Series X was catching up to the PS5. Yeah. But that's obviously not the case if we look at these sales figures. And what surprises me more is that there's less copies on the PS5 sold than there, I mean, on the PS4 sold than there is on the PS5. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's because of more people, when they bought the PS5, they haven't, there isn't as many games on the PS5 right maybe. now. Maybe. Maybe. So like, more people are buying on the PS5 because it's. A game they've obviously a lot of people may have sold their PS4 to get a PS4. There's 140 million PS4 sold, yeah, yeah, since launch, yeah, yeah. Uh, how many PS5 sold? There's only been 7.8 million PS5s, and yet a higher figure of people have bought it on PS5, which that just confuses me. Even if the PS5 um, doesn't have as many games, you think that. Those people, you know, who can't afford a PS5, or those that still have a PS4, who are looking for games, because let's face it, those with PS4 will be looking for a game to play on their old console. Yeah. I mean, there's about 10 million PS4 sales this year. Yeah, yeah, since, yeah. The, since before the PS4, PS5 launched. But I think it's because PS5, the graphics for PS5, more people want it on PS5 than they do on the PS4. Do you reckon people are just holding out and just waiting? Yeah, I think more people are just not bothered with PS4 right now because of the fact that there's PS5s and Series Xs out Mm -hmm. and PS4 is kind of sitting in the back end of a cupboard getting dusty. Yeah. Yeah, I I can see that being the reason. But uh, Capcom's Horror Tile is their third biggest PS5 game launch since Spider-Man Miles Morales Mm. and Valhalla. And it's the seventh biggest PS5 game based on first week sales alone, which is huge. So the top six are Spider-Man Morales, which is uh, number one. Valhalla's number two. Black Ops Cold War, number three. Demon Souls is four. Watch Dogs Legion is five. 
and Sackboy, A Big Adventure, which I didn't see coming in at number six. Uh, only Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War has enjoyed a better opening week uh, for a boxed Xbox Series X game. Resident Evil is number three on the all-time bestseller list for Microsoft's next-gen console behind Activis- Activision's uh, Phoenix Rising, uh, which was a very, very big game. I never actually got a chance to play that. But Phoenix Ray. Yeah, I haven't yeah. had a chance to play it. I've been so, When that came out, I was like, yeah, I'm going to play that. And then it's sitting in my cupboard and I haven't touched it. <laughs> I love Phoenix Ray. It's actually a good series, but I haven't actually played it. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do need to get my consoles and my games back out and start playing because it's too much. Uh, right, so with the Wilds game, first week's launches were 76% higher uh, than those achieved by last year's Resident Evil 3 remake. They were down 25% compared to January 2019's Resident Evil 2 remake and nearly 40% to Resident Evil 7 in 2017. Uh, fairer comparisons to be able to draw between digital sales for the game made is already available. Uh, data suggests two-thirds of games sold in the UK last year were purchased digitally, up 74%. Uh, Village, who's obviously having a smashing record on Steam uh, right mm. now. Uh, the fri- On Friday, the Capcom title debuted with a peak concurrent count of 101,000, uh, as noted by Eurogamer. This is obviously significantly higher than previous games. Uh, Capcom yeah. said Village will surpass Resident Evil 7's 8.5 million sales to become the best-selling individual title in the series. I reckon this might be, again, in part to people looking for new games to play on the next-gen systems. Yeah, I mean, this year's been very, very slow. We do know have some news about PlayStation uh, coming up some more titles. We will get to that in just a sec. Uh, but Capcom has had a record year of profits in its last year. It's just released its annual financial reports. And it's included, driven by new games such as Monster Hunter Rise and Resident Evil. And, of course, Monster Hunter World. Uh, so in the first 12 months and in May, March 31st, net sales were up 17%. Uh, operating income, 51.6%. They've made $317 million this year, and ordinary sales up 52% at $35 billion yen, or $321 million. Oh, wow. You know, that's more money than I have in my pocket. <laughs> can, well, can, I'm can hoping I just... with this game release that we do actually get somewhere with it. Can I change like... my name to Capcom? <laughs> that, would, that would actually be pretty cool. Has anyone actually ever done that, changed their name to their favourite game developer or publisher or something? Well, Capcom, yeah, but the thing is, with Resident Evil Village, right, if we're looking at these figures now, it's also stated that Resident Evil Village's first week sales in Japan were the series worst in 19 years. It barely beat Resi 1 and 4. Yeah, but that's Japan. I mean, Japan isn't so big on American titles. They have their own. But Capcom's a Japanese studio. You would think that they would support their own studio. It's become more westernized over the years yeah uh, i, I think that's also the view that a lot of japanese consumers have of capcom is that it's an american company well nowadays they yeah. see it as a western company a western developer they don't see it as one of their own because of the fact that it makes games for the west well, if yeah. it was still making japanese titles then it'd be they that sale will be a lot higher because people will be looking at resident and Wars. i'd argue the games be much better yeah, I mean, the games would be scarier, that's for certain. Oh, yeah, that's what we need, though, in Resident Evil. That's what we need. Uh, Res- Resident Evil Village, though, people calling it the scariest Resident Evil game ever made. Would you say that's right, that comparison? 
I can't really say because I've not actually played it myself to I've, really I've feel I've watched it. the walkthroughs and I've, yeah. I've played the demo. And for me, I haven't played the full game yet. I will be soon, as soon as I can. Unfortunately, money constraints, obviously, because I'm putting yeah. my money into the company. But Capcom and Resident Evil, I don't find this game scary. It's gross. Yeah. It can be slightly nauseating with the cameras and stuff, but I do not find it scary. FNAF is scary, man. FNAF is scary. The book, if you go into the lore of FNAF, the books, the, the games, that is truly terrifying because there's there's a lot of lore in there that you have to look for. For example, there's theories about kids have had their souls sucked out by demonic puppets and put and switch and they switch souls like their consciousness is now inside a teddy bear and they can't do anything about it but i don't find resident evil village scary at all i don't understand where the, where the hype for it is coming it's gross parts of it are disgusting mm. well that's the thing like they, uh, resident, resident evil I, i'd say resident evil 2 remake would, would be scarier just because i yeah. like the atmosphere I, I, I like resident evil 2 resident evil one when I first played it, because that was my first ever horror game, I nearly crapped myself. It was terrifying. It was not so much that, oh, it's giving me shivers, more so panic, because I'm trying to shoot them while they're getting closer and closer. I reckon. But I did not find really, village scary at all. What I reckon is, with modern games, they're not really scary because there's oversaturation of these sort of games nowadays where they're trying to scare you. Back when Resident Evil 1 and 2 first came out, there wasn't really anything yeah, like it. No. I mean, so. I, I I got scared at movies like... Uh, oh, there was one with an old woman, but I can't remember what it's called now. Stop my head. Ma. Something I saw when, no, that's, I'm going back to when I was like seven, eight years old. That movie truly terrified me. When I first saw The Omen, I was terrified. But I think there's so much saturation of horror right now, it's just not scary anymore. Mm. It might be my age. Um, but moving on, uh, Capcom expecting more growth during the financial year going into next year. Uh, net sale forecast set to be up to 5%. Uh, we're driven, obviously, by Monsanto Rise and, and Village. The company said it is working to increase its development personnel and expand its pipeline of games by both utilising existing IP and creating new properties. Uh, the publisher announced its first new IP in eight years, Pragmata, last summer. Uh, following the release of Rise in March, Capcom soared to an all-time high in Tokyo. Uh, the publisher's latest tentpole release, Resident Evil Village, released this month. And Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin is coming to Switch on 9th of July. Which no, I'm looking forward to. I actually really want to play that. Because I, that does look like... My, it does look pretty good, I, I will admit. Uh, but we're going to jump in deals of the week with Callum. What you got for us this week? I've got a few deals if you want to listen. Do you want to listen, people? Do you want to listen to some deals? Do I want to listen? Yes, I would. Okay. So my, so we all love CD keys, really. You know, they seem to be popping up now. I still say support the developer. But if you're that kind of guy that doesn't want to pirate because you feel bad, but you also don't want to, for some reason pay to support the developer directly uh then micro machine world series uh xbox one is three pound 49 support series x uh that's three pound 49 on cd keys uh unreal tournament steam pc key at uh, gamers gate so this is more legit 
Uh, deal pack £1.72. You get Unreal Tournament, get Unreal Tournament Gold, Game of the Year, Unreal 2, Unreal Tournament 3 Black. Uh, so you get quite a few games at only like one pound seventy two. I think that's actually pretty good. Um, at Kirby's PC World, the code Gaming FND three or in capitals Gaming FND three. Nintendo Switch Pro controller is only forty four ninety nine. So yeah, not the lowest I've seen it, but it is actually pretty low for what it is. PlayStation Five DualSense wireless controller at the Monster Shop is forty nine pound. Uh, if you want to go buy that. Uh, Resident Evil Village are CD keys. We were just talking about Resident Evil Village. Do you want to support Capcom? That's up to you. But our CD keys, it's £29.79. Which... Whoa, that's, that's damn good price. I, think I know it is, and this is tempting. This is tempting me to go screw my overdraft and just buy it. <laughs> uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is £7.95 at the game collection. Uh, Catherine Full Body is £15.95 at the game collection. Uh, Konami Anniversary Collections on the PSN. It's three ninety nine each for games like Castlevania. So you get eight games. Oh, oh the collections are £3.99, even better. So you get eight games for £3.99, Castlevania, Castlevania 4, stuff like that. Bloodlines, uh, which is actually probably the best game in the series. You even get some of the Game Boy games in there. Uh, Contra Anniversary Collection, you get the 10 run and gun games, 7 unique games and an ebook. And then obviously you've got your arcade classics, which you've got Nemesis, Typhoon, you know, if, if people have heard that. And even though these games I'm going to say are on Game Pass, if you don't want to buy Game Pass for whatever reason, and really you should for the Xbox Live Gold stuff that you get, uh, State of Decay 2 is £2.29 at Argos, and so is Crackdown 3 at £2.99. So... That is some very good deals. We're going to take a short break. We'll come back in just a second. I've always wanted to start my own business, not just for my future, but for my family too. Something to pass on to my children, but where do I start? A website seems the way to go, but I don't know how to build one. I know, Mummy. At Pure Genius Media, you get a high-quality website. While keeping that personal touch. No matter your budget, they can build a website for you. You don't have to do a thing. If you want more info, go to puregeniusmedia.com. Wow, thank you, darling. Welcome. Can I have some sweets now? Uh, welcome back to the ICM Podcast, episode 14. Uh, so Epic Games has offered $200 million to Sony for up to six up to six PC PlayStation ports. Uh, but Nintendo talks a non-starter. This comes from a leaked document. Uh, so that's reported to a confidential PDF that was including the ongoing... <laughs> Surprise, surprise, Epic Apple Trial uh, is repeat, reportedly briefly uploaded to the case's public server. Uh, you can find, I don't know whether it's still up there, but it's on Resetera. Uh, according to the document, Epic Games has one point targeting all three console platform holders for potential content deals for its PC game store. Uh, Docu states that Nintendo's talks are essentially a non starter while opening discussions with Microsoft were complicated by the fact that it was essentially a competitor for content deals. And that is PC Game Pass leader was against Epic's strategy. On PlayStation, uh, the doc states that Epic was awaiting feedback on 200 million minimum guarantee for four to six games, which will see Epic take the hit should these titles generate less ev- revenue than that figure. Uh, so since Sony's first PC port uh, for Horizon Zero Dawn, which debuted on Steam and Days Gone, which is going to Valve, it's possibly the company that did not take up Epic's offer. In a corporate report published last summer, Sony said it would explore bringing more PlayStation exclusives to PC. 
then earlier this year, the Sony president confirmed PlayStation bring a whole slate of games to the PC, starting with a Days Gone port set to release this month. Uh, speaking to GQ, Jim Ryan said that the opportunity to bring PlayStation's IPs to a wider audience, as well as a easier port process, meant that making more games for PC was now a fairly straightforward decision. Uh, asking why Sony is now embracing PC, whereas he been hesitant in the past, uh, Ryan said, I think a few things changed. We found ourselves now in early 2021 with our development studios and the games that make it in better shape than they ever been before. Particularly from the latter half of the PS4 cycle, our studio has made some wonderful, great games. Uh, so he's also gone on to say there's an opportunity to expose these great games to a wider audience. And the cost of making games goes up with each cycle as the calibre of IP has improved. Also, our ease of making it available to non-console owners has grown, so it's a fairly straightforward decision. PlayStation has obviously had a strong selling point. 716,000 copies during August release month, according to Nielsen's. Uh, according to one of the document released as part of the case, Epic Games spent nearly $12 million securing games for its regular free game giveaways during a nine-month period. It's like they're throwing money at a wall, really, isn't it? Mm, and so desperately i mean give it up for epic because they have come back they've come out from nothing pretty much i mean yeah they made the the unreal engine but it was never a big engine up until unreal engine 4 and then developers started using it if you look back at what the unreal engine game was being used on originally it'd been used on some serious flops hmm and then they started, they came out with Unreal Engine 4 and Fortnite, and I think that's where they've taken off. But they, they seem to be just throwing money at other developers. Here's an idea, Epic. Go make another game. Stop relying on Fortnite. You're going to have to spend $200 million on PlayStation ports. They're doing a lot of stuff now, though, aren't they? They're trying to do so much in such little time. Yeah. They're, they're, just try, they're, trying, to, they're trying to create this metaverse. They're trying to release... Unreal Engine 5, they're trying to do this, they're trying to do this. It's just it's so much stuff. Just, like, slow the hell down, man. I wouldn't mind a remake of the original Unreal Tournament in Unreal Engine 5. That would be nice. I, I One of my friends actually worked on Unreal, Engine, uh, Unreal Tournament. He was yeah. one of the developers on there, someone I worked with many years ago. Uh, he's now working for another development studio, but even he said, like, they he didn't like Unreal Engine Tournament, but the fact that the game just felt broken and boring and kind of linear and there just wasn't much to it. That's why you need to get so, it made. Yeah. I mean, there's not if you played that game, there's not a lot to it. It's literally run through this course, shoot these enemies, that's it. Yeah. And the course is pretty much the same every single time. It was a pointless game. Uh this also speaking of Sony, uh, reportedly told analysts that PS5 shortages will continue until twenty twenty two. So if you're thinking about getting a PS5, you're going to have to wait at least a year. Uh, so this is expected to be in short supply. Uh, CFO Hiroki Totoki. I don't know. Hiroki Totoki. You you say that name because I swear I'm saying that wrong. Uh, Hiroki Totoki. Totoki? Hiroki Totoki? I should laugh. That's really bad. Uh, so I don't really stated on Bloomberg. I don't think demand is coming down this year. Hiroki Totoki. Hiroki Totoki. Uh, so this year, even if we secure more devices and produce many more units at the PS5 next year, our supply won't be able to catch up with demand. It's because of griefers, not griefers, 
Scalpers, primarily. Yeah, uh, scalpers. This isn't Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Or they're GTA. Not, like, or they're not creepers, game. you know. They're not going to just explode on our doorstep as soon as we <laughs> step out. <laughs> well, there's, 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 there's griefers in so many games. You're actually making a series about griefers, which we'll be doing <laughs> like, probably sometime this year or maybe next year. But we're doing a whole documentary and stuff on the rise of griefers. Which is going to be very cool. I can't wait for the st- to get that out. Uh, but previously, CFO has said the investor call following its latest results that it was unlikely it will complete resolve supply issues. Totoki said Sony was currently considering various solutions to help it cope with the global shortage of hardware components, including potentially altering hardware designs or sourcing secondary suppliers. And we know they're bringing out a new PS5 console next year, so... Yeah, there might be slowing. This could, this could be Sony potentially like slowing the production of their own console so they can bring out the second generation of PS5 sec next year. Because we know that's coming next year. Don't know the exact date, but we know it's coming. I want it. I, I think it'd be nice and fast and good, man. Yeah. I mean, that that six nanometer process is. <laughs> If we're looking at the Nintendo Switch when it got a more efficient processor, it was a little bit faster, wasn't it? Yeah, I think there's also they're trying to fix this issue with the uh, with the PS5 clock as well when that runs out. That 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 issue. Uh, yeah. And also, the, obviously, the controller drift, the overheating. Some people have had overheating on the PS5. There's there's several issues with it already, but. but uh, so it said earlier uh, during year two that they can drastically increase the supply. No, that's not likely. That came from Hiroki. Uh, the shortage of semiconductor is one factor, uh, but there are other factors that impact on the production volume. So at present, we'd like to aim beating second year sales of 14.8 million, which was the second year of PS4. In uh, its latest financial results published on May 5th, Sony reported that PS5 shipped, cons- shipped numbers are slightly ahead of where PS4 was during the same period, only ahead by about 200,000, mind you. Uh, it said its current target for PS5's second FY was to exceed the 14.8 number. According to Taiwanese business website DigiTimes, one way the corporation could cope with demand is via redesign of the PS5 hardware. Yeah. Uh, which is we know they're doing because they are bringing out a next generation. Yeah, but they're PS5. trying to get a new nanometer process. Let's just hope the factories that they're wanting to use can actually support the demand that they want. Because they would have, you know what I mean? Because they're going for yeah. a whole new nanometer process. The one they've got now is the most common at the moment, seven nanometer. So yeah, I mean that that is being uh, also hacked by scalpers. They are yeah. buying on them up as well. Yeah. So it, it's just disappointing. We're never going to see a PS5. No one's ever going to see a PS5. They are just a myth. They don't exist. <laughs> well, those of, those of you who have got one, <laughs> good luck with next year when you have to buy another one because those consoles are going to be out of date and I think they're going to have the same issues as they do now. But with new console, if they improve the speed uh, and they improve the overheating issues and the issues with the controllers, I think more people will be selling those PS5s and all the scalpers have currently got one. I still can't sell the three, four thousand they've already got. Could you imagine what it's going to be like when they're trying to buy the next gen next year? There's going to be absolutely none. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know something. Uh, Xbox doesn't have these issues, and I'm usually the Sony pony here, the Sony fanboy. But you know, Xbox doesn't have these issues, and they don't need to do this. 
No. Yeah. I mean, there is the question whether PS5 is the best console ever made. And I'm going to say is. no at this point. At the moment. I think it is. It's getting the games. And this is the thing. It's still getting exclusives, which I like. I'm for exclusives. I know there's a lot of people that are against it because it opens... Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it, it closes off people's chances to get it. But this is the thing. If you're going to buy a platform and support a company, what sets that platform apart from the other platform? Games. Exclusives. Exactly. And this is why people buy the console. Um, if you're going to just go and say, okay, it's on Xbox and PS5, but let's say you've always been a Sony guy, but then you realize, well, the Xbox is more powerful, you just get the Xbox version. Yeah. You just get an Xbox, you know, it's, 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 they're the same price, well, when not being scalped, uh, they're practically the same price to buy each console, and Microsoft technically has a cheaper entry into that, so. Yeah, it is, but we do know now how much one reseller is selling their PS5 consoles for, uh, so StockX uh, has said US users have spent an average of $573 on 130,000 PS5 consoles, and they've been resold on popular online marketplace in the US, according to its internal data. Uh, StockX, if you don't know, is an auction site which launched 2016, uh, originally focused on sneakers, uh, but later expanding to electronics following the launch of next-gen consoles. Uh, the company has now been valued as of 2019 at $1 billion. Uh, I'm seeing that the word sneakers and auction and switching to electronics, I'm thinking scalpel website. So, yeah. You know, uh, but according to the company, it's now sold around 83,000 PS5 disc versions and around 55,000 digital. Uh, an average price of $800 disc, 700, yeah, $741 uh, digital. So this sounds like scalpers. StockX previously claimed that around 60,000 PS5 consoles sold via its site in its launch month. If accurate... Uh, the U.S. console sales represent 1.66% of the 7.8 million PS5 consoles Sony says it has sold as of March. However, the actual number of consoles likely sold is far higher. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm reading this, I'm thinking StockX is probably selling one website for, for scalpers. Which, I wonder if Sony's actually given them stock to put on. I reckon I, this is... Not for auction, not for auction sites. Mm, I, I just have a feeling because if it goes for less than retail they're not going to be happy and they'll never use that platform again well last month's a bit odd because you know how Resident Evil is uh, didn't sell as well on Xbox platforms yeah well Switch, Xbox and PS4 all sold to PS5 in the UK last month yeah that's so, because you can't get them over here you can't get a PS5 so there's going to be more copies of the yeah so this is what I'm saying why is the Xbox not Getting more copies of Resident Evil Village. Mm. It's just, this is why I keep going back to that, because it's just very confusing. Yeah, it is very confusing. But the government in the UK, if you're in the UK, Government Minister for Digital and Culture, Caroline Dinage, uh, I was going to say Dinklage then, but no, uh, confirmed in February that officials were even discussing a proposed bill that would make console scalping illegal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm st- we're still waiting for that. Uh, head of Fit Xbox, Phil Spencer, said in November he believed current console pre order models were outdated and should be improved, which is true. They really should be. Uh, in a bid to make the pre order process less frustrating, he also said he had the decision to give customers the chance to put a deposit down and a reserve a console with a guaranteed delivery date. 
he said, we've had real discussions about internally. And should I be able to reserve my slot, I'd have, I'll put some money down. I know my machine's getting built January 20th. I'll get it on February 1st. We have customers that would do that today. Uh, id Software, ID Software co-founder John Carmack has suggested that PS5 console and GPU manufacturers auction off their own product in an effort to cut out scalpers. The only issue is if they know that they've got a thousand consoles and a thousand people are auctioned it. Do you don't you think they'd go right? Here's a penny. Or do you yeah. think they'd set a limit on how much you can spend, or how much they'd sell it for? This is the thing. This is the thing. Like we this don't know. Sony could well be giving their stock to these scalpers things, where it's like they know that they can get more money for it. And I reckon there might be something in it for the scalpers. I don't know. Maybe. So you um, think console, work, console manufacturers are working with scalpers? Well, I think so. I kind of feel like they might be to some degree because Xboxes are still being scalped. Uh, PS5s are still being scalped, and yet there's a lot of places doing the best they can to stop it. They've put measures in to stop it, and it's still, still happening. Yeah. I mean, like, you can't, a human can't beat a bot, though. So if they've got a bot selling them stuff, no, but you know, eBay, you're never going to be able to buy one. Couldn't eBay it. not just put in something where it caps the price? eBay the, don't do anything. They should. Literally, they do nothing. You, they, they can do it against their no terms, though, to scalp. It's against their terms, but unless they actually can confirm it, which is very difficult to... What if, not RRP? what if it's over RRP? What if it's over the retail price? They don't, care, mate. they don't care. If you, no. if you want to sell something, if someone wants to buy something over a recommended retail price, they can do it. A eBay, as long as that device isn't stolen and the description is correct, so that the person buying knows what they're buying and the person selling is selling something that they actually will send, eBay couldn't give a toss. They'll do it anyway. Mm. They'll just allow it to continue. Uh, but speaking of Sony, it has updated its remote play app for iOS uh, to support the DualSense. Uh, the app's 4.0 update was released on Monday, uh, which added support for the wireless controller, along with various improvement updates, according to the patch notes. Uh, DualSense support is limited to devices with iOS 14.5 or OS 14.5 installed, and used to compare... Yeah. Com Pair their controllers by holding down the Create and PS buttons and then selecting it from the iOS Bluetooth menu. Uh, users have been able to connect the Remote Play app to PS5 since its November launch. And oh, so, nice. yeah, I mean, so revamped the existing PS4 Remote Play app on mobile PC and Mac last year, uh, changing its name to PS4 or PS Remote Play, and then the option to connect to PS5 when it launched. Uh, the remote play allows users to stream games from their consoles at 1080p 60 frames per second. Uh, the feature even allows users to stream PS5 content to their last-gen PS4, which is nice, enabling them to play in a separate room or location. However, it does not work with the PS Vita. Uh, that sad. is one thing about news about the controller. We also know that Sony has announced new DualSense colours, a Cosmic Red and Midnight Black. I really like the red. I'm not one for red controllers usually. I do have one somewhere for an old Xbox. But I actually really like the look of that red controller. They also have it now in black as well. 
Uh, up until now, the controllers have only been standard in black and white, but now these obviously colours are coming next year uh, or this year at some point, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Uh, features two slightly different shades of black with light grey. Uh, cosmic red offers the striking black and red design, according to the manufacturer. Uh, we designed the colours around the theme of the galaxy as it felt like a natural progression. Uh, both of these will be available. Uh, both of them feature a subtle blue hue, apologies, that produces unique shades of red, according to the design team, Satoshi Ayuki. Uh, the blue hue is represent is present in the official and original DualSense wireless controller colours, so all three colours complement each other nicely. Uh, the Series X and X already launched with robot white, carbon black and shock blue, while Shock Red was released in February, and Electric Vault and Daystrike Camo launched on April 27th and May 4th, respectively. No news on when these controllers are actually going to leak or relaunch. Uh, I'd be very interested. If I get if I ever get a PS5, I'll probably pick up the red one, because that is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, more PlayStation news. Days of Play 2021 starts next week, and you can sign up right now. If you're Yay! In uh, it's, it's nice to see them doing another Days of Play because it's been a while. Uh, but this time you can sign up to unlock new avatars and PS4 themes. So now I think they know why they're not coming to E3. It's because they've now got Days of Play. Uh, the PlayStation Player Celebration will be parts of Days of Play 2021. involve a multi-stage competition in which players have to play as many games and earn as many trophies as possible. Uh, you can sign up and any player that you play for more than an hour and then trophy will be collect will be added to the cumulative total. If all players combine total hits a certain milestone, they'll unlock new PSN avatars and PS4 dynamic themes. If all targets and bonus targets are reached, players will earn a total of 17 new avatars and three dynamic themes. The uh, first one starts May 18th until May 24th. And your goal, if you're going to be participating in this, is 24 million games, 7.2 million trophies. Uh, you'll get one avatar and one theme. Bonus goal, 3 million games, 8.8 million trophies. You'll get three additional avatars. Uh, on May 25th until the 31st, goal is 2.9 million games, 8.5 million trophies, five avatars. The bonus of 3.6 million games, 10.4 million trophies, three avatars. And June 1st or June 7th, 3 million games, 9 million trophies, one avatar, one theme. Bonus, 3.7 million games, 11 million trophies, three avatars. If every goal is reached, every player who took part in all three stages will get an additional avatar and dynamic theme. Results are reset each week. And Sony stated on the official PlayStation blog, there will be a Days of Play sale on the PlayStation Store later this month, as well as free multiplayer weekend. I'm probably going to have a go at that. I don't have <laughs> games now, though, on the PlayStation. Uh, I'm focusing more on my Switch on my Xbox at the moment. Yeah, but if you even if you just sign up and don't play, as long as there's trophies and million games played, you'll get your avatars. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I'd sign up and just hope and pray that someone does it. <laughs> <I'll get laughs> well, we have to pray that the whole world does it, man. It's, uh, yeah. it's a worldwide thing. I mean, yeah. that is feasible. If you can play, say, for example, there's... We know there's about you know, 114 million yeah. PS4 consoles been bought over time. That's more than doable. It's 10%. Yeah, it depends on if one's playing on the PS4. So, well, I guess this includes PS5, doesn't it? Yeah. So, place, well, PlayStation 4, as far as I know, they haven't said about PS5 on there. But it could well be include PS5. 
Uh, but PS4 because there's obviously more consoles and more more users. Uh, also including the PS5 supply shortage. Uh, Jim Ryan has said they'll see production ramping up over the summer and hoping that shortages will ease in the second half of this year. Uh, the strong demand coupled with global ship shortages means Sony's console has been different to come by. Uh, Ryan told Wired magazine, we're working as hard as we can to elaborate this situation. We see production ramping up over the summer, certainly the second half of this year. We would hope to see some sort of return to normality in terms of balance between supply and demand during that period. He'd previously refused to guarantee the company would be able to satisfy PS5 demand. Uh, noting in a February interview with the Financial Times, there have been few magical ones that can be raised, waived, although he said that the availability would improve throughout the year. In late April of this year, Sony's chief financial officer, Hiroki Totoki, as we already spoke about, said that unlikely supplies will drastically improve. Uh, the outlook for Sony is providing behind closed doors is reportedly less positive. He's Totoki said, I don't think demand is coming down. And even if we secure a lot more devices and produce more and more units in the PS5 next year, our supply won't be able to catch up with demand. Uh, Totoki said last month, Sony was considering various solutions to help it cope with global chip shortages, including potentially altering hardware or sourcing secondary suppliers. Uh, so if you are trying to get a PS5, it's going to be very, very difficult because even according to Sony, they are really hard to come by. Yeah, yeah. And this, this is the thing, they're, they're switching production lines now. That's going to take some time. That's going to stall production for a little bit. Mm, it, it probably will. I, it probably will. I'm thinking maybe a few months, at least three, four months. Yeah, Sony, I don't think... If they've already done that, then it's, it's started now, so... Why are they struggling with the 7 nanometer process? Like that, like I said, it's the most common process at the moment. Scalpers. True, but uh, I guess not everyone's and, and, moved over to that. And the lockdown yet. pandemic, because it is based in Japan, Yeah, yeah, but like I said, it's the most common, so why are they starting with a new nanometer process, then? That's just going to be even more shortages. I, I don't know, personally, but if I, if I find out, I'll obviously tell you, but... Yeah, it, it could be one. It could be pandemics, and not many people are making them. Two, you've got PS5, Series X, the new iPhones are all using the same yeah. chip. So if none are being made and they're being put out into millions and millions of new consoles and phones, it could be mm. that there's a shortage for it. Uh, but if you are a PS5 owner or you're trying to get a PS5, it's good news. You're going to be getting 25 new PS5s, <laughs> uh, PS5 games. I would like 25 so new PS5s. No, 25 new PS5 games, and almost half of them are a new IP. Uh, this is a cr incredible amount of games that are being made. Sony said that currently over 25 first-party games are in development. Uh, former Gorilla head, Gorilla Games head Herman Holst, who currently serves as PlayStation Studio boss, filled the game in a filled the figure, should say, in a new wired feature. While Sony is known to be working on sequels, including Horizon Forbidden West. God of War, Ragnarok, and Gran Turismo 7. Uh, he told the publication that nearly half of the first-party projects in development are entirely new IP. There's an incredible amount of variety originating from different regions, big, small, different genres. And they also said in March that funding an original IP from the AAA startup studio established by former Stadia head uh, Jade Raidman. In April, he announced he had signed an original multiplayer project from Firewalk, a uh, new studio founded by Bungie veterans. Mm. Uh, 
from GameIndustry.biz, he said it's very interesting in creating a diverse slate of titles. I think that the games that we make are as distinct and diverse as they can be, from Sackboy to Astrobot to Dreams. Uh, like The Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Tsushima, you can bet that we'll carry on making these games because they are the heart and soul of what we do at PlayStation. But at the same time, we are just as committed to making these quality experiences as we are to experimenting to come up with fresh ideas. Uh, Jim Ryan also stated in April that PS5 would eventually be home to more exclusive titles. We now know there is 25 new games. So not going to be sequels. They are going to be brand new uh, games. That come I'm actually really game. happy about that. I'm looking forward to that. I am. I am as PlayStation well. PlayStation 5 is the place to be. Uh, it is. Well, for now, Xbox at the moment. We'll see what PlayStation does in the next few months. See, Bethesda uh, and Microsoft will be like, yo, we have Bethesda. And then it'll be like, we got like half new IPs. And then they'll be like, well, we got Skyrim. <gasps> the crowd goes wild. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a short break. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back in just a sec. You're listening to the ICU Gamer official podcast on icugamer.com. Welcome back. Uh, Xbox has claimed it's working on a new IP that will blow your mind, Callum. Oh no, uh, my mind's too small. <laughs> well, I think you've had plenty of instances of things blowing your mind, but <laughs> look, it's, it's Bethesda and Microsoft. It's Bethesda and Microsoft. It's, a it's, Be- it's Bethesda and Microsoft, yeah. Uh, Xbox is currently working on a new exciting title. According to Xbox head of game services marketing, Ben Decker, uh, the executive teased the upcoming content in a Games Radar interview, uh, which focused on the company has conducted on Xbox Game Pass, which is now sitting at 18 million users. Uh, the service offers access to a library of over 100 games. I have downloaded a few of them in the last couple of days. Uh, I've just started getting back into playing Destroy All Humans again. Sure. Uh, the, the new version, the remake. Yeah, uh, I that's on there. A few other games on there as well. There is a lot of games I never knew were on there, and I went through the library mm. yesterday. I was just like, I've got to play that, I've got to play that, I've got to play that. Uh, but there's also something that's still going on for the month of May. Uh, if you are on Xbox Game Pass and you download any zombie games, uh, the top five players uh, with the highest number of trophies or uh, game score throughout May, heading up to May 31st, the top five will get a free xbox series x uh, that's worldwide though ladies and specific region but yeah so if you're on xbox game pass and you want a series x that's one way to get one uh the service obviously has a survey of fourteen thousand consumers found that 55 percent of subscribers join primarily to get new games that release uh, that's why we made the investments that we have said decker we have 23 studios across xbox and Thesda. Uh, and a new IP that we haven't talked about yet that's going to blow your mind. We can deliver all of that into Game Pass on day one. Speaking of Game Pass, uh, if you are uh, or looking to get Mass Effect Legend Edition, which came out yesterday, it's not coming to Game Pass. Uh, but if you wanted to get one, uh, if you want to play it, uh, EA Play Pro on PC is PC only. It is currently free, so you can download the PS uh, Play Pro uh, account and get that for nothing. Uh, there is 10% off on Game Pass through EA Play. If you don't have Game Pass, though, you are going to have or don't have EA Play uh, or Game Pass, then you're going to have to pay full market value, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Decker stated we are made. We have made the investments that we have uh, 
to bring more exclusive titles to the to the platform. Uh, delivery exclusive titles platforms and support Xbox Game Pass was the primary reason for Microsoft acquiring Bethesda in a 7.5 billion deal. Xbox Game Pass subscribers spend 20 more 20% more overall than non-subscribers. Microsoft's gaming ecosystem boss claimed in March. Sarah Bond also says subscribers spend on average 20% more playing time playing games. 30% more games and 40% more genres. Uh, May's new Xbox Game Pass titles uh, will include Dragon Quest Builders 2, FIFA 21, Outlast, Steep, Final Fantasy X, X2 HD Remaster, Dust Calls 4, Psychonauts, Red Dead Online, and Remnant. That is out now. Uh, PlayStation Studio boss Herman, Herman Hulse told Wired has over 25, 25 PS5 games in development, and this is Xbox way of them combating that. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what Xbox is talking about. I'm hoping it's the next Skyrim. Well, I hope so too. But then again, I haven't actually played the original Skyrim much. Oh, Skyrim is well. I'm, I'm not going to say Skyrim. It'll, probably, it'll be Elder Scrolls Six. I'm yeah. hoping it's Elder Scrolls Six because the next gen version of Elder Scrolls will be incredible. Uh, but speaking of games that will blow your mind, Sega has announced plans to release a super game in the next five years. Ooh, super game. Ooh. You were really into this, so I'm going to let you explain. <laughs> so, You're getting these jollies off. So, uh, basically, um, the strategy for Sega right now is they've got two main strategies. They've got the priority strategies for three years. So, over the next three years, uh, basically, existing IPs are going to be turned into a global brand. So, basically, strong IPs such as Sonic, Fantasy Star Online 2, to be honest... We haven't seen a Sonic game in a while. I'm still waiting for Soda 5 um, and Total War, as well as optimization of the business side of things, so amusement machines, domestic machines. But uh, this is more for the profitability and growth potential. If they're looking for lower profitability, but a large growth potential, so hopefully it could turn over a profit in the long run, they are looking at creating new titles, but also expanding past IPs, such as Space Channel 5. Which... Oh, I've known that game in a little while. That's been yes. a while since I've said that name. Yeah. But if we're looking at active IP groups, we've got Sonic, we've got Persona, Megami, Tensei, for uh, past IP groups for like the trying to reboot them or remake them or remaster them. Um, they're looking at doing Crazy Taxi, which yeah, I would love another Crazy Taxi. Another Virtual Fight would be nice. They're already making another House of the Dead uh, remake of the first one. Mm. Um, they've got Nights into Dreams. We should get another remake. Panzer Dragoon has already been a remake of Panzer Dragoon. Uh, I'd like to see a new Alter Beast. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. But uh, Space Channel 5 and Res, this is what confuses me. They've made new games for these, for VR. So, and they've remade Panzer Dragoon, and they're making a House of the Dead. Why are they calling them dormant IPs when they've already just about revived them? They're active now. Well, Streets of Rage 4 just came out, so unless they're yeah. talking about remi- remaking and remastering the originals. Well, it's a reboot as well. They've got a reboot in Streets of Rage 4. Technically, it's a reboot if you want to. Mm-hmm. Go it is a reboot, but they could go back and say, like, we got Street to Rage 1 and 2, which was, at the time, one of Sega's biggest games. They could look to remake that, which would be nice. I, I, I'm not a fan, though, of the side-scrolling fighter games, beat up games. I played Street to Rage 1 and 2 when I had a Mega Drive. Mm. Uh, that was my current favourite game. I beat that, I think, within a couple of days, and I never went back to the Mega Drive again. 
but the presentation suggests that Sega is preparing a super game and it will release a number of new projects over the course of the next five years, including a new first-person shooter from a European studio and the utilisation of IP assets in remakes, reboots and remasters. Uh, it's being the new IP for the FPS title is being developed by Creative Assembly, uh, which is currently hiring. If you're interested in working potentially for Creative Assembly, I'm going to bring up this uh, this job listing. Uh, so they're current, they have 42 current openings, including the lead sound designer, graphic programmers, audio engineers, technical artists. They're basically hiring for an entire studio by the mm. looks of it. Uh, Maybe some of Team 2. Yeah, yeah. But um, this is the thing as well, is what I've noticed. Um, around 4.4 million Sonic games have been sold in the past year, even though no Sonic games have been released in the past 12 months. So they can see that Sonic is still a selling franchise, yeah. even when a game's not been released. I wonder that if that's why they haven't released a game, to get people to fill their Sonic itch by buying their games that are already out. Mm. Well, this could be a manipulation ta- technique. But uh, with the we know one studio that's known for <laughs> for those little tactics is Stadia. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that in just a sec. Carry on. <laughs> but uh, talking about, uh, we know that there's going to be a new studio for this super game. Uh, we don't know what it is. Could be a Sega All Star title. Could be a brand new IP, which they're wanting it to be. Um, who knows? We could have. A cat, you know, a first-person shooter with a cat as the main guy, you know, cat guy. Forget about Doom I, guy, cat I guy's think, here. I, th- I think a new Battle Royale with cats would be pretty cool. Oh, and, like, the grenades cool. could be water bombs. What would be very Sega is if they did a Jet Set Radio Battle Royale. Jet Set Radio with guns. Yeah. That would be I, fun. All that, yeah. But that's, that's Sega, though, would they actually go that route? Yeah, come on, they'd put, they'd put a gun on the hedgehog. That's true, they did. They did. <laughs> just um, imagine that they're running out of time yeah uh stadia is alive and well following high profile departures that comes from stadia executive who dismissed dismissed suggestions that stadia is struggling uh, uh i'm gonna disagree with you very much there uh marketing lead nate ahern told games industry that the platform is doing fine uh cool. they're well on the way to 100 new games launching this year and continue to make Stadia a great place to play, despite the fact that they've just released the search bar as their big, big release. <laughs> the the creators of a search bar can't even put a search bar in until they... Was it eight months, seven months they had the platform out? Yeah. Taking yeah. this long to get, a, to get a search bar update. <laughs> they, they, they need help. They need help. Yeah, they, they need an exorcist. Uh, I take yeah. any of favors to take notice of how we're continuing to put our words into action as they grow the Stadium Makers program and partner with studios like Capcom, EA, Square Enix, Ubisoft, amongst others. Their claim follows a number of high-profile departures, uh, which left following the closure of his internal game development teams. Uh, in order to focus on partnering with third-party studios. Uh, this obviously included Jade Raymond, who left to form a new studio called Haven, uh, which is backed by PlayStation, and has since hired six more Stadia employees. <laughs> I've Ooh. got a gig. Uh, Just one big also, rabbit hole, this. Yes, it is. This is people just leaving left, right, centre. It's also confirmed that John Justice, who's the former VP and head of product for Stadia, had left. Uh, spokesman told Game Industry that the new head of product 
is longtime Googler and Stadia founder Dov Zimring. Uh, question last week during the ongoing Apple case, Tim Sweeney said the Google service had been significantly cut back as he understands it. Uh, Google needs to give up now because it's, it's, they're becoming an embarrassment. Uh, moving on though, PlayStation's Play at Home 2021 will end with free in-game content or virtual currency for 10 games. These are going to include Warzone, Rocket League, Brawlhammer, MLB The Show and NBA 2K21. Uh, that will conclude by offering giving away a range of in-game items and virtual currency for a selection of titles. Uh, the following will be available for PlayStation Store from May 17th, uh, May 18th from British Summertime, uh, 4am, until June 6th, uh, which is ending June 7th, British Summertime, at 7.59am. Uh, obviously, the ones we've already mentioned, these also include Rogue Company, uh, Destruction All-Stars, and Warframe. Uh, five 60-minute double XP tokens for Call of Duty Warzone will also be accessible exclusively in-game through the message of the day from the 20th of May, which is 6pm British Summertime. Uh, 6th of June, 11.59 uh, at 7.59am British Summertime. Uh, this was came back from April 2020 when they've been designed to promote social distancing. That is now coming back. Uh, for another time, the last time you were able to do this was the Ratchet & Clank uh, release. And they had 10 PS4 indie games and PSVR games free of charge. Today is the last day to download, though, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. Uh, Sony recently revealed the first details of this year's Days of Play event, which will let players sign up to unlock new avatars beginning on May 18th. May 18th? Uh, the three days time, I think it's Tuesday, I think it is. Uh, last bit of news before we jump into some music. Uh, the Destiny 2's transmog system. Oh, uh, yeah. Bungie. Sounds like Callum is tired and he's falling asleep on the podcast, don't you? I'm not falling asleep, don't worry. You're yawning. <laughs> yeah, I had to yawn there, like, you know, I'm tired as well. Yeah, But not for it. the podcast, it's not the podcast, don't worry, this news is really exciting, I'm sure our viewers agree, our listeners agree. <laughs> listeners... It's a podcast. Uh, new transmog <laughs> system is incredibly confusing. Uh, this release from Bungie, though, it's kind of embarrassing. I'm going to let you... Are you a Destiny player, Callum? Uh, not really, but I did play it a little bit, and then the game just crashed, stopped working, and it was just horrible. I've, I haven't played Destiny since Destiny 1. I've never played Destiny 2. I, I really I, I'll share memory. I'll share gaming memory. So back when the first Destiny was out, you know, on the Xbox 360 or something like that, um, you know, I was invited, I never played Destiny before, I went over to my friend's place, and I'm like, what is this game, and he's like, oh, it's Destiny, it's made by the people of Halo, and I'm like, okay, okay, I'll give it a go, gave it a go, I kept getting my ass handed to me, so, best game in memory. That's great. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna let you cover this story from PC Gamer, this is the new transmog system, uh, it's yeah. getting a lot of backlash in the Apparently, it's been very confusing and involves grinding bounties for some reason. Well, basically, we've known that the Transmog system, we've known about it for a long time now. And basically, we can outfit ourselves with whatever stars we'd like. Uh, without, so we, we can customise our characters without changing the stats uh, of those characters. Um, it's a lover, It's basically dress-up. You're dressing up your characters. This is what the developers think. It's good. Um but however, there's now uh, how the new armor synthesis system will work. Um, so if we don't know if this enthusiasm will hold up. 
with armor synthesis as it's called, it will enable players to convert their armor's appearance into universal armor ornaments. So they can effectively change up their look as they like, but it's going to take a quite a lot of work to make it happen. So we've got different systems being put in that may affect your player. That said, that it's not going to affect your player. It's going to confuse a lot of people. Uh, to begin, players must earn synth strand by killing enemies. Once 150 synth strand is earned, it can be turned into ADA1, which in exchange for class-specified bounties, uh, which can be will award synth cord. Synth cord can then be converted to synth weave. What is this? This is just a long, complicated process, this. At the yeah. loom in the tower. And then finally, synth weave can be used to convert unlocked armor appearances, legendary or lower, in your collection. Well, I think there's, there's a Twitter user called G1 Gigs who pretty much summarised this the best. He's put, these are four stages. Defeat enemies to earn synth strand. Stage two, spend synth strand on bounties to earn synth cord. Stage three, convert synth cord at the loom in the tower into synth weave. Four, you synth weave to southern Shenron, the motherfucking dragon, and be granted three wishes. Three wishes. <laughs> <laughs> I love those Dragon Ball references, man. Uh, that's <laughs> Uh, another Twitter user, HDT George, said a cap on grindable transmog, but us paying dollars for more feels like Bungie treating their Destiny 2 veterans like FTPers. Uh, and another one, Razor's Revenge G, said, oh, goody, more grind on top of an already grindy intensive game just to extensively unlock what seems to be an equate to an ornament. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they get a lot of hate for this. A lot of hate is going towards Bungie for this. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Forbes has stated that Destiny 2 debuts possibly the worst of all transmog systems. Uh, they state this is, as of yesterday, some very bad news. In short, what Bungie's come up with is probably the worst iteration of a transmog system they could have ever produced. In theory, they could have made the entire thing only accessible for in-real-life cash or jam random pieces of transmog armor into loot boxes, but that was never really plausible. Uh, Bungie previously announced a split between the ability to earn Tragsmog currency of some sort and the ability to skip that currency grind and pay silver or real money. At baseline, they were okay with this. However, many other games have entirely free Tragsmog systems, whereas Destiny 2 is forcing you to grind to get there. Uh, one rule, and they only had one rule, was no time gating. Uh, their fear, the only Forbes article, as laid out in an article almost three weeks ago, was that Bungie would institute some time at Timesgate that would limit how much transmog you could earn, forcing you to turn on the Eververse microtransaction store. That's exactly what happened. So basically, they've made the game grind so you'd have to spend money. Uh, they actually worked this out as well, how long it'd take you to get all current armor sets of transmog. Mm. Considering some of these are time-limited, uh, 12 and a half years. Twelve and a half years, that's how long it would take. To get all the current armor sets for via this transmog system, considering some of these are time limited as well. So you can only get them per season, which lasts maybe about a month per year or week. It'd take you twelve and a half years to grind out all the armor sets if you played twenty four hours a day. Whoa. Oh Bungie, mate, what the hell are you doing? Uh, instead they decided to wail out at ten dollars for every five pieces. It'll cost you around 3000 to transmog all that armor. So it costs you $3,000 if you pay for it in real cash. Uh, less if you buy silver bundles in bulk. Uh, there are other things that are a bit off. Uh, the grind requires a convoluted farm of not one, 
but three new currencies, uh, which means Destiny hasn't been overly convoluted, has more convoluted currencies than any other game. Uh, they've raised the Bright Dust cost of shaders from 400 to 300, uh, but one that reflects the old pricing was for non-collectible consumer shaders. Shaders now cost 2,500 glimmer to apply per set. Uh, the right suggested is balanced out by removing glimmer costs from armor mods. And the past solstice glows will not work with transmog, but these glows have been a problem for years at this point. Mm. Uh, while aggro, all these issues are somewhat annoying, although they are comparison to the main thing, the cap. I don't know if I'll be able to write something new about what time gate or limit for transmog is bad because I gave this exact explicit warning three weeks ago from the writer i understand that bungie wants to make this a new revenue stream to some extent but putting up a time gate to prevent players from grinding that armor set as ornaments will never go down well paying silver is already going to save you time if you can't spend all that time grinding so adding a time gate on top of that mm. would be very they're just making life so much more difficult for themselves so much more difficult uh, but when we come back we're gonna have a new decade of the week yay yeah, and some music. Uh, we're going to jump into some music just this sec. Thank you very much for joining us. Episode 14 of the Ice Gamer podcast. Yeah. Detroit. Atlanta. Liverpool. Got the bars like strip club. I was down and out, but I whipped up. Killed the double fifth and things look in the game in the games of DMX in the opening scene from Belly. Bazaars in the back with the Mac and the Jackies hold the green, it's fairly jetty. Scrolling the screen, it's heavy rim. The A to the M to the G to the blacked out like PlayStation or 4 Fiesta. Call Siesta, rappers napping, so we'll break him. Hanging shadows, so they can caption. Lock stuff, two smoke battles like Jason Statham. The haters waiting, but I work it up. So my face is aching, you taste the hatred. Hold that lighter, we light cigars with toasters. My names and stars with posters. My insta spark. Explosives like John McClane and the Katomi Tower You hands groove but you show me sour I roll around and smoke the flower and set it off Like gunpowder, I'll rig up and zip up No hiccups, we spill stuff It's big cups, a spice rum I sip up, I might jump This mic run is quite fun When I got this mic done Like I won Mike Tyson and sidekick and bison Rappers napping, funds were down So we stacking rappers hating Roll around, we back and blazing Yeah, we back and blazing Rappers napping, funds were down So we stacking rappers Stay in the house, it's the monster on the street. Yeah. Left, right, left, right, get your ass beat. Uh, I'm a dog, I guess I'm dogmatic. I like drugs, I guess I'm a drug. You know the rest. <laughs> Beef with me, chief with me. Grandmas and aunties, they all wanna sleep with me. Dumb up the transvestite, yeah, G. And how do you know? He sent the transvestites to me. I'm in Colorado, smoking chief and gelato. Got two bad models that got beef like a taco. Kush man, I burn on <laughs> Call me Rowdy Rowdy Piper, cause I turn on in Rappers napping, funds were down, so we stacking rappers, hating, roll around, we back and blazing. Yeah, we back, we blazing. Rappers napping, funds were down, so we stacking rappers, hating, roll around, we back, we blazing. Yeah, we back, we blazing. Alien biology flowing through my arteries, always been a part of me. Now I see the prophecy, knowledge is the key. Now I'm where I wanna be, spiritual philosophy, higher. 
than neutrality. Rappers try to follow me, I just switch dimensions. Sacred geometry, astral projection, ask for protection. Let's just say I'm always good, and I get a lot of love in the neighborhood. They call me mellow, rappers say hello. Turning up my frequency, I'm on another level. Pedal to the metal, I will never settle. Tell I'm shining like a bezel. Rappers napping funds were down, so we stacking rappers hating. Roll around, we back and blazing. Yeah, we back, we blazing. Rappers napping funds were down, so we stacking rappers hating. Roll around, we back, we blazing. Yeah, we back, we blazing. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to roll a theme tune in. Activision's Call of Duty ghost voice actor has been let go. Uh, Jeff Leach. Oh. Made some misogynistic comments uh, which have resurfaced. Uh, Activision has now cut ties with the voice actor for, si- for Call of Duty character Simon Ghost Riley. Jeff Leach uh, was in Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, Activision state they no longer involved with the pro series after a series of misogynistic comments recently surfaced online. Mm. Uh, a Twitter video posted by YouTuber Nitro Luke DX showed a montage of sexist comments Leach has made over the years. Including a comment made about Twitch streaming the zombie unicorn in 2017 during a live stream of Twix Galaxy show, in which she says that she didn't appear on the show because she'd actually have to be amusing. She couldn't just rely heavily on her horrendous cleavage. Whoa. That's going a bit far. Uh, and there's actually a link to the video which I've, I've watched. I'm not going to play it on here, but uh, the montage goes on to show more clips uh, from late 2020 in which Leech is streaming Call of Duty making extremely explicit sexual comments to female players. We're not going to quote that either. Uh, after the montage, the comments were tweeted. Call of Duty news site Charlie Intel contacted Activision to inform the site that Leach will no longer be working with them. Uh, Activision has stated, sexism has no place in our industry, our games, or in society. Activision is no longer working with Jeff Leach. We strongly condemn these remarks. We are committed to delivering a fun and safe experience for all players. Activision's now, actually done something right for once. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm surprised they weren't joining in with him, to be honest, knowing what Activision's like. The thing is, this was happening in 2020, in late 2020, yeah? Yeah. This is like 20, not up from 2017 up to now. Then why was it not... Why was something not done before? Why it, now? <laughs> it's been made public previously. It's only just come out to light. Ah, oh, that's fair. That's I mean, fair. I, it was already I, public, though, wasn't it? It was live streams. Yeah, I mean, mainly public hasn't gone out to the press. I think once these things hit the press, then they become, then they actually do something because they know that press sites have more contact than the average user. So yeah, they'll be able to put make this more. And if then Activision doesn't do anything, they look like the bad guys. But, uh. Well, we, Activision usually are the bad guys. We have, we have women working here. 
And I don't think I've ever had an instance of anybody on our staff, you or me included, who have ever said anything inappropriate to any of them. Um, Women need to be treated with respect. They're humans too. Exactly. I mean, if you're going to insult people, do it privately. But don't say stuff like this. Mm. Seriously. Uh, But Ubisoft... Uh, has delayed Skull and Bones again. I think it's what Microsoft wanted to try and do with, uh, what do you call that pirate game? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, you know that, um, oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Sea of Thieves or something. I feel Thieves. like this is the game everyone kind of looked and expected it to look like. Yeah. And I then they got what they sea got. Sea of Thieves is cartoony though. Yeah, but originally people expected a bit more from it. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like from the art style as well. I think this is more what people were imagining when it was first announced. Mm. To be, so. be fair, I had that same sort of vision that it'd be more realistic, but yeah. I'm very disappointed this has been delayed again. Uh, this was announced on Tuesday as part of the latest earning results. Uh, the game's not coming out now till April next year. Uh, Ubisoft has oh. stated that the year ending March 31st, 2022 will include the releases of Far Cry 6, Rainbow Six Quarantine, by September, uh, plus Riders Republic, The Division, Heartland, and Roller Champions. Skull and Bones, however, will be now released in the years 22 to 23. Oh, so it might be even a two-year delay. Couple, at least a couple of years, yeah, until that drink game drops. Uh, Frederick Duguet commented on Skull and Bones' late earnings call, stating, We strongly believe in the team's creative vision, and they've been given an increasingly amb- ambitious mandate for the game. Prediction led by Ubisoft Singapore has been advancing well over the 12 past 12 months and the promise is better than ever. The additional time will allow the game to feature or deliver fully on its vision. Uh, Yves Goulmet, I can't announce his name, Yves, something like that. I'm not very good with names, you guys know this by now. Uh, Singapore <laughs> Studio has been developing for a long part, a big part of the Assassin's Creed franchise, so it's a very good studio. Uh, they've stated they've, they've been doing what they've been doing to make sure they could really come strongly with Skull and Bones is that we increased the associate studios we are working with at the moment. So there's a big team and now working on the game and the last 12 months have been really good in terms of the way things were coming along. So they're confident they can bring something really exceptional for the market. Uh, Singapore, if you don't know, uh, developed the unique experience in naval combat, which contributed to Black Flag. Uh, the original story uh, in 2017 is the F- Skull and Bones is the first title led by Ubisoft Singapore Studio. Uh, it was originally scheduled for a late 2018 release, but it's been delayed now for for four consecutive years. And Ubisoft wow. is pursuing a new direction. Uh, the game's creator Elizabeth Pellin said Ubisoft Singapore had dreamt something bigger and that fans would see the game sometime in 2021. That's now not going to be the case. You probably look at 22, maybe late 22, coming out Christmas sometime next year, uh, if it carries on this way. Uh, Pellin is a 28 Ubisoft veteran who previously wrote Splinter Cell's Pandora Tomorrow, uh, which yeah. I'm I'm very disappointed that they're not bringing this game out sooner because I've been waiting for this for so long. It looks long. amazing, to be fair. It really like, does. like I remember people used to play Sid Meier's Pirates and stuff like that. That was pretty popular back in the day. F1 likes a good pirate game. You know, like, we don't get enough of it. We don't. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a Battle Royale pirate game. That would be fun. That would actually be pretty cool. I think Sea of Thieves is kind of in that vein where you, have to, you do have the ability to play against other players. 
Yeah. Yeah. But it's too cartoony. It's not realistic. But there you go. Uh, speaking of Ubisoft, uh, they've insisted that their free-to-play push does not mean less premium games. Uh, the intention they've stated is to deliver a diverse lineup of games that players will love. Uh, Ubisoft has clarified comments it made in its last earnings earnings call, saying that it will be investing in more high-end free-to-play games. Uh, I mean, free-to-play are very popular and they are very financially viable for a lot of studios. But at the same time, they're not. They're not great for console unless they're putting something. It's very bare bones in a lot of cases. Uh, but its stated intention to expand its free-to-play offerings does not mean it will reduce the number of premium games. Uh, they've stated uh, their intention is to deliver a diverse lineup of games that players will love across platforms, and they're excited about investing in more free-to-play experiences, mm. uh, which is nice. But at the same time. I'm hoping they don't go the way of free-to-play games because a studio like Ubisoft is far too talented to be doing that sort of thing. Well, this is the thing. You could argue that the people at Activision are talented, but they just spend all their time doing Call of Duty. But um, Warzone's been such a success, and I think this is why other companies are looking at going the free-to-play route because of how successful Warzone has been. Yeah, I mean, that's because it's Call of Duty and it's free. But at yeah. the same time, would you really want a free-to-play Assassin's Creed? I don't want any more Battle Royals. I like. don't think... That is the thing. I don't think they're going to make a AAA free-to-play game. I don't think that's what no, they're going to do. It, it, it would be very bare-bones, very simple mechanics, because then it's cheap. What they then look to lie on is it would have loot boxes. That's if they're legal at, still at that point. Yeah, but the same. I don't. I don't want any. If free to play games are more often than not mobile, or they're battle royale, and I do not want to see another battle royale game, mm. not for at least a couple of years, because there is far too many battle royale games out there right now. Like we know how good you are, at Apex. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awful, Apex. I don't like. I don't like battle royale games. I like playing single player. I like games with story. I don't like sitting there trying to fucking shoot somebody for a for a rifle. <laughs> And trying to get a point on a screen, it's just there's no there's no care or attention in those sort of games at all. It's just very grindy and money Skill. driven. Skill, that's what it is. It's not. Which, it's not. It's not. Apex it's not. Legends is different. <laughs> Apex Legends is an awful game. I don't like it because you're not good at it. <laughs> no, it's because I can't, one you can't see where the freaking people are coming from. <laughs> You can't see what area they're coming from. So, like, when I was playing with you and Larry, and they were coming up the stairs, and you went, oh, there's downstairs. So I jumped down, and the guys come up from the top roof and shot me through the head. <laughs> but I couldn't see he was coming upstairs. So I've gone down to go sneak up on him and shoot him from behind, and he's already up there shooting me. So I got killed anyway. And then, like, when they come, like, you guys died, and I tried reviving you, and then I got shot three times. One guy's hiding behind a shield in the corner, <laughs> and I had nothing to kill him with. <laughs> It's so irritating. <laughs> so irritating. I that that was games. the best. That was the best game ever. I'm not going to lie. Well, that is up on our YouTube if you want to go and watch that. But I did not have fun time. I was not not having a fun time at all. I hated it. I really hated it. What a legend you are, seriously. I am. I am a legend. But at the same time, I'm not a legend at free to play for the Fat Boy Apex legend. Him. You're an Apex legend. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's not great. It's not a great game. I'm. I'm sorry if you're an Apex Legends fan, but it's not a game for me. I don't like it at all. Pitchforks are being raised as we speak. Yeah. It. It's a piece of crap, to be honest. But there you go. 
Um, they are, Ubisoft has stated, building high-end free-to-play games to be trending towards AAA ambitions. Uh, but this is purely a financial communication evolution. Sounds very much business speak and doesn't change the fact that we continue to expect a high cadence of content, including powerful premium and free-to-play new releases. Uh, the company's comments were in reference to F2P becoming a larger share of the revenue pie, not an indication there'll be less traditional paid games like Assassin's Creed. Mm. Uh, that came from, said on Tuesday that the current fiscal year ending March 31st next year will include new games and it confirmed during earnings call that no AAA games scheduled for release during the second half of this year will in, which includes the Christmas season. It has no AAA games scheduled for release during the second half so we're not going to see another game Ubisoft game coming out this year. To be fair, to be fair, we're not going to see many games come out this year still. There's still a lot of games coming out, but we won't see many that we normally would. No, not as many. I think there'll probably be one or two big games that come out for around Christmas, because uh, 2021 has been very, very slow. Um, but there are a lot of indie games out, but AAA titles as far as big releases are very few and far between. Uh, speaking of which... EA uh, has released announced that the next Play Live showcase will take place in July. Uh, Publisher set big games event for July. EA set to sign up for next month's digital E3. Uh, they have confirmed that the event will take place on July 22nd, which is a Thursday. Uh, the confirmed date means EA's big game showcase will fall a month after E3. So it's unlikely they're going to be releasing or announcing anything big during E3. They'll wait till their own. A uh, handful of publishers have not committed uh, supporting this year's E3 alongside the likes of PlayStation, Activision and Epic Games. So you're not going to see them announce anything during E3. They're not going to be at E3, but they're not going to announce anything during that period. Uh, so you'll be have to wait until the next Play Live. Uh, this seems like a trend with a lot of big developers now. Mm. They're skipping the big ones like E3. Yeah, like I was going to say, like Sony's doing their thing. And they're not yeah. showing up to E3, aren't they? I think it's a matter of time for Xbox and Nintendo to do the same. Uh, E3, I think it's now like the third publisher that's doing this. Is that going to be uh, E3 in 10 years' time? I think that's the main question. Is that going to be an I, E3 I in 10 years? I think E3 at this last few years has struggled because of the pandemic. Yeah. But the yeah. year before that is because PlayStation pulled out and they didn't want to do it. Mm. So why? So, this is, I think I, I think it's because they don't want to share stage. And I yeah, think they don't. They don't want that was their and that was their reason for it. They didn't want to share a stage with Xbox. They wanted mm. their own, which is disappointing. But what was uh, once one of the biggest? What? Yeah, what was once one of the biggest gaming things that everyone looked forward to, events that people looked forward to, is now just something that people are like. Oh, E three again. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we have one coming up ourselves, which is the event we're planning. Um, But it's more indie games rather than... We're announcing our game at uh, our event, um, and Shine City Games will be announcing their Battle Royale single-player as well at that time. We have a few indie developers we're still speaking Mm. to now, and we're looking at a few publishers to release some games, but nothing as big as, obviously, E3. Because ours is only, I think it's about 500 person capacity, and we're releasing tickets for first four hours. So if you want to stay longer, you have to pay twice. Can we Uh, call ours E4? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, E3, because it's the Electronics Experience Expo or something like that. 
will be the Electronics Experience Expo well, Expedition. Ours is the game rave because we do have live music going on during the event as well with some DJs. Uh, yeah. and a host and I'm hoping if the venue's big enough I'll not go down next week to go look at the uh, size of the building but if it's big enough we may have something going on before the actual event starts because I was looking at NXT possibly oh, have are, some we doing, a bit of... are we doing a podcast panel as well <laughs> we, we will be doing a pod there is going to be a, a couple of panels halfway through as well <laughs> so I'm invited okay <laughs> mm. We're not going to have too many, too much stuff going on because we are at capacity. So if you are a developer and you want to get your trailer or anything or any gameplay put up, you can do. Just all you have to do is send it to the website or send it to our email, and we'll have that as part of the lineup. Uh, but if you wanted to physically attend, you will need to buy a ticket because it's limited capacity, and we can't have huge number of developers there who are there free. Because um, yeah. we do need to make money off it. Um, Part of the money, though, that we do make from this event will go to indie developers as well. Uh, so I think it's first 10. There's going to be ranked in 10 separate um, parts where there's, I think, about 10 minutes of stream or 10 minutes of trailers. And then people who are there, and if you're watching, will be able to vote for your favourite, and that person will get something like £1,000 towards their game. Mm. Development. Um, with one winner winning 5000 that is the plan. But that's going to be later on. Uh, we'll announce full lineups and everything going on later on. We have got the venue now, uh, and we will be attending. We will be organising this. But that is a bit way off. You're looking at July next year uh, is our current date. Uh, we will let you know as when that comes back. Uh, so Ubisoft has confirmed the next Ubisoft event will take part as part of E3, which will be on June 12th at 8 p.m. UK time. Uh, EA recently announced their partnership with the Masters Tournament, so we could be seeing the announcement of the PGA Tour game. Uh, which have been subtitled Road to Masters. Uh, they also continue to develop Star Wars games uh, after its exclusive license that came to an end following Ubisoft taking over an open-world Star Wars game, which I'm hoping they don't delay. They better not delay that. Uh, they've also stated, we love Star Wars, and we look forward to creating more exciting experiences for people to enjoy. Uh, that came from an EA spokesman in January. Uh, last story of this week, before we get into the question of the week, Battlefield 6 will be released for current and next-gen consoles. company has nothing to announce at this time about potential modes like Battle Royale. Uh, Battlefield 6, even though there was an announcement that it was going to be next-gen exclusive, they have announced plans that the game will release for last-gen uh, during the company's full-year mm-hmm. earnings call, which was this past Tuesday. Battlefield will be available for both current-gen and next-gen, as well as sports titles. Uh, the reference specific from prepared remarks when EA said Battlefield had been designed for next-gen platforms was around the nature of gameplay and what what they can do with the fidelity of the game, which they can also do with artificial intelligence, physics, and the immersive nature. In the case of Battlefield, they stated what we can with respect to the amount of players that we have in the game and the nature of destruction and all those new Battlefield moments that are truly next-gen opportunities are able to do in the content of or the context of next gen franchises because of the increased processing power and memory of the new consoles. Thankfully that isn't now happening. It's not going to be a next gen just an next gen release because that was a slight bit of anger towards EA for doing that. Uh, but it was to put the Wilson cross gen releases haven't always fared so well. Uh, respect to current gen versions versus next generation, they stated we should say that current generation versus past generation titles 
has been done exceptionally well for decades. I had this great fortune of growing up in this company and building games on multiple generations. And I think when you think about our infrastructure around our Frostbite team, our digital services and our game teams, you have unbelievable experience getting the very best out of the past generation consoles to assure that even as we move to the next generation, we'll get more and more out of the old generation platforms and these games are always going to look great. So good bit of news there. If you are a Battlefield player and you're looking forward to Battlefield 6, it isn't going to be next-gen now. But the thing is, when it's now being released, next, we know now that it's been developed for last-gen. Um, yeah. It's going to be a last-gen port to the next-gen, isn't it? With a few Most, ray tracing, I, a few I, bells. Yeah, whistles. I mean, it, it's, it's because the amount of anger that uh, they had when the Battlefield was leaked that there was going to be a next-gen version only. And I think they've backtracked on that now because well, that's going to. I think that's going to affect the game in the sense that uh, a more development time is going to go into those last gen versions, but also um, the, the next gen version won't look as good as it probably would have done. I don't think. Well, EA has stated they've got nothing to share at this time regarding potential plans uh, or to launch a battle royale mode. Uh, they have no initial plans for an annualized release of Battlefield. Or the nature of my upcoming game, Wilson said. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot around that in the coming months, starting next month with their reveal trailer, which had a chance to see work in progress last week. It is incredible what the team's been able to do in the context of next gen. Uh, they have reiterated plans to release a new Battlefield this holiday, over the game set to release on New Year's Eve of this year, mm. which is nice that they're bringing that just before Christmas. That's nice, it is. You know, it's going to be everyone's Christmas list, isn't it? It's going to be on everyone's Christmas list. Uh, but speaking of EA, and we have spoken about Activision a bit today, uh, which is worse, EA or Activision? Uh, EA, I'd say it's worse. Like Activision at least did something good in the news this week. <laughs> I did something good, but they've done a lot of crap. Oh, the they have. Week. They have, but uh, I'm going to say EA just for this week. I think they're worse for this week at least. I think EA... I'm going to say Activision. <laughs> Only because I said EA. <laughs> well, I was going to say EA, but I'm thinking about Act- what all the stuff Activision's done over the last... The, just this year alone is really scummy. Like, really bad. Like what they're doing with um, Blizzard. Yeah, yeah. And true, she- true, true. Like, Blizzard isn't going to be Blizzard anymore. It's just going to be the Activision launcher, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be just Activision. Blizzard's going to be die- slowly, slowly, slowly dying out. But EA, as far as what they've done with, you know, what they what they continue to do is really bad. But Activision just, they just have an air of arrogance about them that they can get away with anything. And that re- really bothers me quite a bit. Like, yeah, like it bothers me as well. But I'm going to say EA as well, because there's a lot of stuff that EA is doing behind closed doors. That's kind of really, really bad. Uh, as well, they're both as bad as each other. To be fair, they might Activision or EA might have just buy each other out and just be called shit. Yeah. <laughs> shit studios. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm gonna let you guys decide. The poll on Twitter, ICU Gamer. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Which is the worst publisher, EA or Activision? Uh, uh, that's gonna do it for this week. This has been episode 14. I've been the major. And I've been tired, Callum. Nice to. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say, I'm Bart Simpson, who the hell are you? <laughs> oh, I'm Bart Simpson, who the hell are you? There you are. You can just have that in there. Uh...
Uh, I'm gonna put. Uh, we are trying to make. I'm trying to make a new intro, but it's going through 14 episodes of and stuff, trying to find like good quotes. It's really. I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? <laughs> we may. Inc- I may include that. I have got Larry as the uh, opening bigger. Hey, hello you. That is the first bit of that it's intro, and there is uh, bits of Snowby saying about his game crack. <laughs> There, well, there is there is a lot in this intro, but I am trying to go through all of it. It's just taking a long time. Well, I reckon, right, before we all finish, everyone, what we could do is we'll have a competition. We'll have five different intros, whatnot. Or if you guys want to edit together stuff from the podcast to create an intro yourselves, do so, and we might have a prize for the winner for the intro that well, we use. Well, we've still got Ultimate ADOM code, if you guys want that. Uh, let us know what you'd like from us. We, I was thinking about doing a competition to add you guys to our game, or having or somebody in the game because we are looking for a, a human character. So yep. that is a possibility. Uh, but yeah, let us know what sort of thing you'd like, and if we can get five uh, five people to make us a new intro, and we'll pick the winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good idea. There we go. Uh, but. Thank you very much for joining us, episode 14. Don't forget to follow us at ICU Gamer on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at ICU Gamer Official. That's ICU as in the letters. Uh, somebody did message saying, we can't, I can't find ICU. And that's not how you spell it. Um, also, make sure you check out the website. It should be up right now. If not, it'll be up on Monday. Uh, it's icugamer.com. Follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ICU Gamer. Callum, are you streaming today? On um, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, possibly, yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah. Cool. So if you, we're not, you're not going to see this one, but it will be up on our YouTube as well. Uh, you go back and watch the past Twitter, past streams. There's only one that's missing um, because it didn't record properly. Um, but other than that, make sure you follow us. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Take care, guys. Take care.